welcome back to the latest bonus episode of the Fresh Expressions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Heather Jalad, and I am here with my friend Gannon. Hey, Gannon. Hey, Heather. It's great to be with you. It's great to, you know, I mean, it was great to see you in real life, right? Uh, right. Just a couple of weeks ago at the National Gathering. The Fresh Expressions Gathering was... Um, I feel like it was it was one of the most mature, like a mature gathering. I, I feel like there were, um, I think half the people present, at least by my humble estimation, were actually people engaged in the mm -hmm. work of pioneering ministry. And so that was a real joy to see. Um, you know, yeah, it was only my, it was my second one, right? So okay. like normally I would, this would have been my third one, I guess, but we had that one that we didn't get to have in real life because of COVID. Um, but it was, it was, so it was only my second one in real life. And, um, and that was, that was, so that was something I didn't realize, I guess, having been to, I guess it was back in 20, was it 17 or 18? Anyway, 2018. Um, I think the thing that struck me both times was just the um, diversity of representation across um, denominations, across different parts of the country, um, across different ethnicities. And um, that's what really struck me both times. I think people engaged people. We had a great retention of folks. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what it was. Maybe people were just excited to be together or. Yeah. Um, Richmond was a hard place to fly in and out of. I don't know, but we huh. had a great crew even to the very end. And, um, you know, the, the time of, of singing and worship with, um, yeah, friends, uh, Orlando Palmer and Ross Wright and Jason Carter, they were just great. So fun to be together. So, some very powerful preaching as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ken Ulmer, new <laughs> Ken Ulmer brought it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was that was that was powerful. Uh, and just so many you know, new things kind of emerging too. so many uh, great opportunities to kind of continue to move the movement uh, forward in the in the continent. Now we're North America, like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's all a of our Canadian edge, friends. Right? Yeah, I'm Canadian sorry. Friends. Yeah, I mean, it's a growing edge, right? You know, our Canadian friends. I mean, and, and, and you know, part of the joy is sort of getting to. Um, a place where uh, we're able to provide, you know, care and support um, for the movement in Canada. Uh, movement in Canada yeah. had, um, you know, a great history, but sort of kind of shut down uh, formally. And mm -hmm. uh, around the same time, we were developing relationships with some denominations, uh, Reformed Church in America, and some others that have, mm -hmm. you know, equal parts uh, in the U.S. and Canada. So. You know, we're doing what we can to sort of help um, reboot a Canadian team. That's good. So, yeah. Good. Good, good stuff. And, you know, loved hearing from, of course, Leonard Sweet. Sure. You know, just, just like exploding your brain and, right. um, <laughs> and, and of course, Todd Bolsinger and the very, very important work that he's doing. I'm looking forward to, to hearing more um, about, really this crisis of formation that he identified yeah. for us that I think is kind of um, the, the, the kind of the focus of a lot of conversations I've been listening into on um, podcasts and whatnot. But um, that kind of leads us to the next thing 
this whole idea of a crisis of formation. Um, <laughs> I, I think there are some important things that you have to say in your book that was released. We kind of had your little like, well, you already had a launch party, but you had your Fresh Expressions launch party right. for your book, Bringing Church Home. Yeah, we'll call so, it the national. We'll call it the national slash North American launch of bringing church home. Uh, how the family of God makes us a little more human. Um, yeah. Love this subtitle. So I, yes, I. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, to hear more from you as the author of this book, and really, I think, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly point to with a couple of things that stuck out to me, but the. Um, it's amazing to me, and I don't know why I'm surprised, but how God takes the many threads of our lives and weaves them into this beautiful tapestry. And that's really kind of what what I what kind of came to mind when you started telling your story and how you, um, as a young man, were discipled, and how you, as a young man, experienced the hospitality. Um, of of God's people in different places, and how all of those things kind of um, were knit together to to make you the man that you are today, to make you the husband that you are today, to make you the uh, the the church planter that you are. Um, so, uh, say a little bit about kind of like your younger years, and and then the 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 place where it was like you know, wow, all God did all of brought all of these, you're kind of like the Moses of the <laughs> of bringing church home, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, uh, you said say something about my younger years. So I, you yeah. know, um, you know, raised in a, in a, a beautiful loving Christian home, uh, by a, uh, in a church that, that loved me to faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I had the, the good fortune of, um, you know, stumbling into a home. I, I, I did a, in college, I did a, a, a youth weekend at this mm-hmm. church in the D.C. area uh, with, uh, with a friend of mine. Really, I was just trying to, like, um, figure out how to get on his spring break trip. And um, he said, well, you can come if you you help lead this youth retreat. And so I said, great. So I got assigned the seventh grade boys. And um, but I but I ended up meeting this family that eventually said, hey, if you um, end up you know moving to Washington, D.C. after you graduate from college, you've got a couple of weeks at our house. You can stay at our house. And that mm-hmm. couple of weeks turned into about a year and a half where I was really offered hospitality mm-hmm. by a, a family. And it happened to be a clergy couple. Um, uh, Carolyn was a youth minister. Wayne was an associate pastor at this church. They still serve, uh, at this church after some time in other churches, they're back now. Um, and just the, the way that they opened up their home and their life was really, really meaningful to me as a, a young person trying to make, you know, make a way in life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I sort of, um, took that and there was there's a lot of intentional what you would call intentional discipleship uh, along with the implicits of just living mm-hmm. in a home i mean wayne actually you know gave me a book list and said hey we're gonna read some books and it was really the wow. first time you know i grew up I'm, I'm i'm from the baptist tradition and we do a great job kind of you know quote getting people into faith and we maybe don't always do the best job of developing faith um so good to be yeah kind of a 
an evangelistic uh, tribe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was it was really meaningful uh, to me to have someone really invest um, faith development um, in that period of my life. So yeah. And and then that and then over over your your younger adult years, meeting your wife yep. Carrie, and how that kind of just opened up a new uh, possibility understanding of um, how uh, marriage can be the place for uh, the family of God really to to grow and expand and and your understanding of family and and your home and hospitality and. And all of those things. So say, say a little bit about yeah, that and I how mean, that we, kind of we, all came we were about. We challenged in our dating relationship to think of marriage as vocation. So, mm. you know, it was, you know, we talk a lot about what your career choice is, but I mean, you're, you're the person with whom you're, you, <laughs> your spouse is the person yes. you spend your whole career with, right? Right. So, um, I, that was just a challenge uh, to us to think of it as a vocation, to think about it as a call. And so I thought, well, well, that's that's really you know interesting. And and so as we were called into um, ministry as vocation, um, you know, like serving alongside each other became really important. And so you know we've done that for uh, ten years and. Um, you know, it, not always easy, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, and you know, it, it takes different, you got to have your own things you, you do. Right, um, exactly. You, well, you any, any, complete each other. Yeah. You are separate <laughs> beings, um, and you, uh, come together, uh, in yeah. Christ and, and, um, under the, under the, the triune God, but it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to get to sort of live that out, um, uh, mm. with and for others. Yeah, I was gonna say any any spouses that have, you know, had the same workplace or been in business together, they 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 know you need to have your separate things yep. too. So mm-hmm. but it's it's about the entirety of your life. And that's, you know, that's what I appreciate so much about um your book and your how you tell your story, because you you bring into the conversation uh that has been kind of a a point of um that really resonated with you and also a point of, of kind of growing, growing up in this understanding. And that is the early church. And, and you uh, refer often to, to Alan Kreider's the patient ferment of the early church and kind of Christian habitus and, and what that looked like and how important that was. Um, You, you, um, I'm trying to remember what page it was on, but basically the, the connection between those early believers and people that were not was how they lived their lives yes. and and how they you know to to borrow a phrase from I think as Josh McDowell that they lived lives that demanded an explanation they were different mm-hmm. they were um they were not the same they stood out because of how they ordered their lives and um and and that was in the worship was more of a private experience versus this big kind of um um you know kind of our top of the funnel these days, right, is is a worship experience versus uh versus how things were were done in the early church. So say a little bit about kind of habits and liter and the liturgy of everyday life that have been so informative of um informative for your own understanding of discipleship that you really kind of unpack in in your book. Yeah, I mean thanks Heather, the um, the formation of early Christians, I, I, 
you know, started at home. I mean, we, we, we quote mm-hmm. Acts 2, 42 to 47 all the time. They, you know, they were, they broke bread in their homes, but they also met in the temple daily. They, they held things in common. There was so much to, um, you know, the home as the place of gathering mm. and the home as the root, the foundation of society as a whole. Um, so point out in, in the book and in some other places that uh, the root word for, um, you know, household or oikos is the same root that we get in the word economy and ecology. Um, and, I, and I love that, then, then bringing it into fresh expressions language, talking about blended ecology or mixed economy. Um, the root of that is the, is the home and the household. Right. So, um, you know, that's, that's the starting point. And I feel like we often in church world, we, we start with the worship service or we start with the, yeah. the, the, the programmatic ordering of the church where, um, in fact, the, the family is the program. Um, the household mm-hmm. is the program. That is the organizing principle. The, the family, when expressed as, you know, who are the lost and the lonely and the neighbors and the, the, the cousins and the, you know, the little kids down the street that, that, you know, need a snack after school. I mean, you know, right. there you have um, the orchestration of the bigger family of God. Uh, that when reorganized around Jesus mm. is is the most yeah. powerful witness that we have. So why do we take our best players off the field in witnessing, you know, to the presence of Christ in the neighborhood in that way, that family like yeah. existence? We roll everybody up and we say, okay, right. Wednesday night we're going to be at church. Right. Um, and there's great stuff. Um, right. There's great stuff at church. But um, how is the church deploying our little churches? Um, yeah. all week long. And then, and then worship on Sunday becomes the, the place where we testify uh, mm-hmm. to the presence of God in the everyday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not an either, we're not talking about an either or here. No. We're talking about a both and, and we've made it an either or, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the, it's funny, I, I was thinking about the, the, the family that God started with, right? If we go all the way back to the beginning, God started with a family. And there's some pretty crazy families in the book of Genesis. <laughs> they are. were not neat, tidy little nuclear no. families. And, you know, so, um, you know, and, and it was much, much bigger than, than biology, for sure. Uh, and, and, and that's a part of your story as well. The, how you understand family and you and Carrie have many, many, many spiritual children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> many. You know, we, yeah. And, and that's the, the hardship is, is, um, because, you know, we, we do organize around family. Um, and it, you know, but in church, it's like families with kids or mm-hmm. singles. Right. And it's, there's really not another category. And so, um, it's, uh, the, how do you mix all those people together? How do, how do you right. recognize that, that single people and, and married couples, uh, without children actually can help, you know, stressed out young parents mm-hmm. raise their kids. And, and we, in fact, actually will talk to your kids like they're humans. We will. <laughs> we won't yell at them or, or you know, this is the, 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 uh, the, the ways in which parents sometimes speak to kids like they're, you know, sometimes they're smarter than you think, right? Well, so, for that being um, said, Gannon, yeah. like for everybody that maybe doesn't, hasn't listened to a previous episode or maybe doesn't know your context, say mm-hmm. a little bit about your, 
context and how that has looked practically and then practically for us we have have lived a lot of this out alongside young people so 20 somethings college students um carrie and i were called uh uh 10 11 years ago to sort of reimagine a campus ministry a denominationally uh focused campus ministry um uh, uh sponsored by the virginia baptists um and we were able to kind of like think about okay what does it mean to plant church among and for this population kind of using the fresh expressions rubric and and over time, it, it really was the longing for family and community that that uh, young people were looking for more than uh, church or worship yeah. service. And so, you know, we kind of put our uh, hand to the plow of this this work and then looked up a few years later and said, hey, I guess this is church. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, in its purest form, in its purest sense, it's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, I, I, my book is dog-eared. It is highlighted. I have double exclamation points on, um, on pages. Uh, it was, uh, I think it's on page 60 in the book where you talk about the, um, the practices you say it was this regular connection of belief with practice that enabled the formation of a new kind of family-like community that was shaped by the kind of habits that were attractive and unfamiliar to outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the early church and that Christian habits, um, that they experienced Christian habits by experiencing Christians in their daily life. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to that um, that 24-7 reality of what it means to be a follower of um, of Jesus and that the faith grew because Christians lived compelling lives alongside the lives of non-Christians and this missional versus extractional, right. Um, way of, of being a follower of Jesus that, uh, is, was the meaning for the flourishing of the early church. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's why we have to create spaces where people can just experience Christians being together. Yeah. Because when, People and our our experience here is when um, young people come around our community, it's it's the silliest stuff. It's just a young person experiencing community that's not cutting one another down mm. is apparently a big a selling <laughs> point. Like uh, like people who love each other, people who are offering to go run errands for one another. Like that's a different way of life that maybe we don't even think about but for a lot of people like why are you so nice mm-hmm. um and you know i even think about a um uh, a couple who's who's uh, joined our house church network and they um every week in in house church we we talk about um we we share testimonies what has jesus done for you or how has he loved the world through you um, this week, and there's this um, couple that was a little upset because their next door neighbors. Um, apparently, they have a they they were working on their car in their garage late. I mean, late, late mm-hmm. at night, early into the, the the early morning hours, and and uh, you know they were just frustrated, but they were convicted and and house church and said, you know what, maybe maybe one a.m. is just the only time this guy can work on his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And so we um, 
actually were, were privileged to um, baptize Sean's wife, Tara, and, and we had a big, you know, potluck thing after the baptism, and we had leftover fried chicken. And, and so uh, we challenged Tara to take some some leftover fried chicken to the neighbor that, you know. That's what I'm talking about, about, right? And, <laughs> and they, well, they took the chicken, and then they've become really good friends. And Aww. Tara and the, the, the wife, Kate, um, mm-hmm. th- both their husbands are both on deployment right now, and they're mm. they're meeting together all the time. They're yeah. praying together. Um, Kate has come to house church a couple of times and has prayed at house church, and so there's there's a growing relationship and even faith relationship based on the fact that here in you know the the gathered community, they're mm-hmm. they're seeing people treat each other differently. They kind yeah. of thought, huh, maybe we should try that. Yeah, um, and th- it. Again, none of this is rocket science, um, right. but it's just taking time to sort of apprehend Jesus in the, in the everyday and the simple moments of just delivering mm-hmm. fried chicken, which I get, gets, gets back to an earlier point you're, you're trying to make with this kind of concept in the book. I, I talk yeah. about domestic liturgy, which is kind of yes, highbrow. Yes. And, and some okay, of my, yes, in my house, so, in my house, the last person that gets up makes the bed too. I was like, yes. Okay, okay so you have the same rule. Yeah, I mean, yes. it's just kind of like, um, liturgy, you know, some people think of it as a highbrow word and you have to be all formal, right. but liturgy is, it's, you know, it's the work of the people. It's, it's, right. you know, it's, it's like making your faith practice real. It's, it's like, it's, it's putting a marker on, mm-hmm. uh, the, the various rhythms of, of our, our faith. And we think about that in the worship gathering, but I think about, well, how do we appropriate the same kind of, um, rhythms in our daily life? So, mm-hmm. you know, the rhythm of our home is, I mean, I, I say, um, and I get this from Renzo Benetti, a, a Catholic, a Catholic priest who's mentored us in this work. He, he talks about, um, the, say our, our, our bedroom being, you know, the holiest place in the home. So that's like a little sanctuary. So, you know, mm. making the bed is actually making the holiest place in the home. And just mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. if you were an altar server as a kid in a church, um, you know, that's, that's the holiest place in the church and it's the holiest yeah. place in the home. So, mm. so moving out from the bedroom to the, to the, the bathroom, washing your, your face, you know, mm-hmm. going downstairs, making coffee, washing dishes, all of those things. Um, when, uh, you know, taken, you know, Paul says, take every thought captive to Christ. So, mm-hmm. um, I just love kind of taking all those little moments captive to Christ so that I don't have to add, you know, 15 Bible studies into my life. I just am like, praying through the every day i'm feeling um, i'm feeling a little brother lawrence in there too right yeah, practicing yeah, yeah. the presence of god yeah. And, yeah and one that um, some of our young people have turned us on to and, and i I've recommended it's called uh it's not quoted in the book but every moment holy is this yes. great little uh, uh-huh. collection of um i mean prayers they have a website for, i think don't they oh, yeah it's fantastic it's like prayers yeah. for washing windows and Mm-hmm. First for you know road rage and <laughs> it's all sorts <laughs> of things um but yeah it's that that sort of thing and i understand that's not everybody's um uh disposition but i mm-hmm. i i do think that if we're going to see habits formed they have to be formed in the most regular routine uh yeah. ways well there was just so many things that i felt like you said without even saying them as well and and one thing is you know just seeing your home as a not a a fortress or a uh you know a a place to escape to but a place where uh where your neighbors can be welcomed into and and you know i imagine 
a, a liturgy for setting the table, right? Yep. And inviting people to eat with you and, oh. you know, or or maybe sit at uh, on the on the chairs or on your fire pit in the yard or mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever the case may be, but but seeing your home as that as that kind of a space rather than a fortress or a place to escape to. Uh, and, right. and you didn't so much say that, but you said that. So I really appreciated that. Well, yeah. thanks. That's yeah. what I meant. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like being okay with mess. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, yeah. I think a lot of us may, you know, think, well, I can't invite anybody over till the house is clean. Well, the house is right. never going to be clean. Um, no. Just make sure it's, you know, picked up. But I mean, right. we had a, so funny, we moved in our house. So, years ago and we've had a house blessing and party mm-hmm. with paint cans everywhere and boxes mm-hmm. still left to be unpacked. And, um, you know, but it's, it, people are actually put at ease. Um, it makes Absolutely. them feel normal that their life isn't, you know, any less. They're probably more likely to invite you over too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, don't... I will say that too, is like we, well, I mean, I, I love me a dinner party and I love, I love some, mm-hmm. some nice napkins and whatever, but uh, I can't believe I just said that, but, um, <laughs> people know me, know what I mean. Um, but you know, I like, I like, you know, there, there's a, there's a, a loveliness to entertaining and, and, mm-hmm. but, but I'd say hospitality is different than entertaining, you know, hospitality yeah, oh, is, totally. you don't know who yeah. the host is, you don't know who the guest is. And, and I'd say for, for years we did the entertaining thing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, meant we didn't get invited over <laughs> ever because people <laughs> felt like they had to compete or they yeah. had to one-up you or and, whatever right yeah. Yeah. i mean it, i mean it, and and we've we've taken that into account even in our house church gatherings um like i said earlier we learned some of these house church ways of gathering from italians who love to cook and love to eat and yeah. and we do not i love um doing dinner church and we have gatherings mm-hmm. like that but in our house church gatherings we really don't focus on food at all um mm-hmm. because that just be, be, you know can become really uh, high maintenance and it can it become can. you know competitive unfortunately uh, with people and so you know <laughs> it's like our we were coffee is the one yeah, requirement yeah. of our house church uh house churches that meet in the mornings um and then we do, we have a Friday night house church that does a bring your own dinner. Um, okay. And they started bring your own dinner just because it's the pandemic and bring right. your own dinner just became a thing. And so it, it stuck, but it's so interesting, Heather, I was on a call. Uh, we're running a community practice with the American Bible Society right now. Right. And we had Mike Frost on a call and Mike actually uncovered some, there's some, some, um, uh, artifacts in i think maybe pompeii of a takeout restaurant um in in the in the first century and you can actually see uh where the various vats would have been for the various dishes and they're actually um uh illustrations of chicken and vegetables and those kinds of things at every every place where those vats were and so mike actually thinks that some of the early church gatherings were people getting takeout and bringing their food, which is probably why Paul, um, you know, gave them such a lecture, the Corinthians, such a lecture on table manners and, and you know, bringing this <laughs> food and, and that. So it could be that some yeah. of those early gatherings were, weren't these big, you know, dinners catered by one family, but they yeah. were a, a well, a there's some pretty in. significant McDonald's, um, you know, uh, context totally. in your book yeah, here too, Dave, between Dave, Dave Fitch and, and McDonald's. Your- 
changed my life. I, I tell and you. Your, and your parent, but your parents too. My I mean, taking too. you to my yeah. mom took me on dates uh-huh. to McDonald's. Um, and that's where my mom really talked to me about Jesus. Um, going back and forth. My, I, I don't know. My mom had a, had a um, real love for this one particular grocery store. We grew up in Houston. And so she had to go to Randall's, but we didn't have a Randall's in our hometown. So she went to the Randall's by the house where they lived before I was born. And so we would drive <laughs> 30 minutes to this grocery store. My mom huh. really liked, and we'd stop for McDonald's. And so, I, you know, I don't know if she meant it or not, but I mean, those, those were early moments of, of mm. uh, discipleship uh, and witness those little trips to grocery store and McDonald's you you have I mean you have some significant like I would say some big rocks in here in regards to just the posture of life right the the hospitality but but you also um, include in here some like really substantial things like I said some big rocks like the importance of um, asking questions or opening up you know uh, creating space for people to ask questions you talk Mm -hmm. about uh, discovery Bible study and and yeah. kind of you know that kind of method being uh, an important part of uh, the community growing together in discipleship and apprenticeship. You talk about apprenticeship in the book too. Um, uh, you say while the days of the three year because on page sixty one while the days of the three year catechumate are long gone today we need a new and conscious appraisal for the formation of Christian habits. So that's kind of how you wrapped up that uh, the, that chapter what else does that look like beyond what we've already kind of talked about that maybe i've left out oh gosh i mean it's it's sort of like a, a it's a kind of a mic drop moment i mean we we <laughs> do need a conscious appraisal and i and i think mm-hmm. again um recognizing the power of uh of home and family, and you know, yeah. our, our the the Catholic Church considers the 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 family the domestic church, and they they consider ch- uh, parents as the primary educators in the faith of their children. Um, but again, that doesn't go uh, far enough. It's got to go beyond just your children, you know, to to mm-hmm. whoever your life might touch. And so, I think if if <clears throat> Families are going to become the, the primary Christian educators, and that means the way of being Christian educators, you know, for those of us who are, quote, professional yeah. Christians, clergy, that sort of thing. Uh, we have to, you know, take our, our, our mentality has to be the training and the equipping of the parents. And, and right. so, you know, it's like, right. how do you rethink children's and family ministry, which we're doing yes. a little bit of in Fresh Expressions through our Resilient Church Academies. Um, and we but were talking really, about that recently. We yeah. were talking about that recently too, just about how uh, almost having a, a parent ministry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rather than maybe, or, or, but because that's often you have your student ministry, you have your children's ministry, you have their adult ministry. Right? But like, what about teaching what parents? About you know, what yeah. about the parents? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but that's something we got to think about. And so, you know, it's it's interesting because I'm 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 transitioning to a uh you know fresh expressions we love the pioneering stuff and we love the inherited church and so i've done pioneering for uh, almost 11 years and now i'm transitioning mm-hmm. to kind of into uh, or back into an inherited church and so that's how you take the the beauty and the creativity of the pioneering but also um the stability of the inheritance so you know we're gonna you know get to experiment a little bit uh within the new church where i'm i'm set to serve 
you know, what, what does this look like, you know, for mm -hmm. the say stressed out parents of preschoolers? Um, how do you really train and equip uh, mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. that? So, you know, that's the, that's the challenge and, and uh, that's the hope. And I hope the book can be used not only as a, a tool to sort of plant networks of house churches, but also uh, to help the inherited church plant, uh, you know, networks of, of house churches from, from it. And those house churches could be standalone or they could just be, you know, supplemental to um, the, the larger um, way of, of being church. Well, I, I think one thing for me that um, I appreciated so much your vulnerability in, in this book, I mean, you were very, I felt like you were very vulnerable in sharing a lot of the things from your own life and, um, and just kind of opening it up and, um, and, and not being afraid to examine it, even talking about your, your marriage and, you know, that, that, that question that I've heard other people ask before is what is it like to be married to me? It's a great question. What's it like being married to me? And and I and I even turned it in the book, you know, with with asking that of Jesus. If if we are first yeah. married to Him, mm -hmm. um, what is it? Asking Jesus that question. What is it like being married to me? Um, and and the funny thing is, Carrie always jokes is that we like ask each other that question, and that's about where that ended. Like we had like a major <laughs> aha moment just just by asking the question. Just by asking the question, we didn't actually do the exercise. We just asked the question, and it <laughs> that was, was enough. <laughs> huge, yeah. There was a life, of, a, a lot of uh, self examination that happened as a result of that question being yep. asked. I'm guessing. No question. Yes. <laughs> Um, gosh, I, I, um, I wonder, um, you know, how, who specifically, uh, do you think would benefit most from reading this? Everybody, like as many people as we can get yeah, it, as, into I mean, their hands or think. as many people as <laughs> can get their hands on it. But I mean, it's, you know, for pastors who are thinking, you know, post pandemic, I mean, we, we yeah. had to get small, we had to you know, got to recognize that people okay, yeah. have changed, you know, the way our way of organizing has changed. And so like, yeah. let's, let's continue leveraging what we've learned during the, the past two years mm -hmm. and say, you know what, we've gotten pruned. Um, we, we got used to being at home. Well, that's not such a bad thing. If we, right. we harness the power of the, the family. And we, 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 we see every home represented in our, in our congregations as a little church, as a lighthouse mm -hmm. for the neighborhood, as the evangelism mm -hmm. program, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, okay, let's, um, you remember how we used to do things. Let's, let's start doing that again. It's like, no, we, we actually get to continue, um, innovating and, and being creative. And I think, yeah, this I mean, you're right. Way, I mean, things, Things did have to get small, and and I think more and more people learned to learned who their neighbors were to begin with, and maybe even started spending time. I think certainly some new relationships developed, and so why not really continue to lean into that and and think about what what might be possible and and look at your own home and your own life differently. Like you said, it's not rocket science, but at the same time, I think it does require shifting some paradigms in our understanding. And, and I do think it's very, very helpful, all of the ways that you make it very practical in the book as to what that looks like. 
and also point, you know, point back to the the rich history of our faith and um and how we didn't we didn't get here by accident. So yeah. uh, you know, there are there is so much um wisdom to mine from our past that uh that you know we we could we could do that for centuries. <laughs> Well, Gannon, I just want to thank you so much for this book. I uh, will continue to to dig in and to share this with others. You you really talk about fresh expressions emanating from homes and family like communities that make up the church, and that's really what this book is all about. Um, thank you so much for sharing your life and well, your wisdom. Thanks for the chance to share, and and um, appreciate the time, and the opportunity, and. Gannon, if people want to get a hold of you, they can find you at Fresh Expressions. Now we're freshexpressions.com. We are freshexpressions.com. <laughs> you can find the book there, um, uh, freshexpressions.com uh, on our book tab. And it is, I will say, it is a couple of bucks cheaper than over at Amazon. So find it at freshexpressions.com. Okay. Find it uh, on Seedbed, uh, the publisher. And mm-hmm. then, uh, of course, uh, Amazon. Um, and, and do, uh, if, if you like the book, write a review. Um, it's really helpful, uh, to do that. And, um, yeah, you can get me at gannon.sims at freshexpressionsus.org. Thank you, Gannon. I can't wait to, to see what's next. Grace and peace. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, play, work, and yes, even in our traditional churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash how to start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by Gannon Sims and me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations.